Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us is a special, special guest, Dr. Quentin Henney. We're live here in Kawartha, Australia, and we're at a, a site visit, essentially, that has encompassed, I would say, some remarkable results in the little tenure that I've had here in just 24 hours. You've had analysts come here. You've had geologists come here. What type of feedback have you been receiving from them? Yeah, we've uh, we've had about 50 people on site uh, over the past two weeks. We had a tour uh, last Wednesday and then yesterday, and it includes, like you said, analysts, uh, you know, various financial types, including investors. Um, the feedback has been resoundingly positive. It's, uh, it, you know, they get out there, they see the property, they see the the trenches we've dug, the the gold coming out of the ground. We have demonstrated you know our our famous uh exercise of digging nuggets out of the trenches for everyone uh, you know seeing it firsthand really means a lot so uh, all of the feedback i have so far is very positive and in reference to that i don't believe you have the samples with you but we extracted 11 grams of gold yesterday did we not yes from three three different spots three different spots so we were at purdy's reward and then we went to comet wells Yep. And uh, it was just exciting to see that. Uh, and we're going to show that footage along with this interview, so stay tuned for that as well. So for someone that is new to the Novo Resources story, give us some background here. Yeah, Novo Resources has been working in Australia now for about seven years. Uh, we focused on looking for this particular type of gold deposits, conglomerate hosted. And the first six years, we focused on the area around uh, Nullagine, which is in the East Pilbara region. This is about four, 1,400 kilometers north of the city of Perth, so we're in Western Australia. Uh, it was roughly a year ago that we, we got rumor of this this discovery of gold near Karatha. Uh, Karatha is a city we're actually sitting here right now. It's a beautiful city, modern city. It's about 22,000 people. And uh, people started finding gold nuggets about 50 kilometers south of town. Uh, using metal detectors primarily. So uh, when this rumor got out uh, through doing some investigation, uh, we determined that the gold was indeed coming from conglomerates. So it was kind of the, basically the prize we'd been chasing for a long time. So we, uh, we jumped on it. We uh, started staking land in late February, uh, struck, struck a number of land deals with other parties over the subsequent months. And by end of August, we had nearly 10,000 square kilometers put together here in Carartha. Um, it's it's a different type of gold deposit. People that have been out there now see what we're talking about. It's uh, it's easy to see that it could be quite large. Uh, the basin, the margin of the basin is is very formidable when you look at it from uh, you know close up when you're on site. So you can really wrap your mind around how, what kind of potential there might be on this property. And we have what is essentially in this past year, seven thousand square kilometers that you've added onto the portfolio, basically. We, yeah, that's the ground we staked, 100%, and then uh, we've added the rest of it. That ground is through various ventures we have with other other parties. And now talk about the topography here. So we have rolling hills, but there's some unique features. We have basalt on these rolling hills. Talk to us about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so the stratigraphy is actually, uh, actually the key to this whole property. Uh, this is a bedded deposit, right? So you can think of it like a, a layer cake. Uh, the lowest layer, or the, you know, the plate that the cake is on, is called the basement, and the basement is comprised of a whole different bunch of different types of rocks. It can be intrusive rocks in one place, metamorphic rock in another. Uh, then on top of that is our conglomerate sequence. So the, basically, the targeted horizon 
that we're we're looking at here for gold is is sitting right on top of the bottom of the the, the plate. So it's like the lowest layer in the cake. But then you have a layer of basalt, more sediment, layer of basalt. And it's those basalt horizons that actually are key to this whole property. They, when basalt comes out, it's quite resistant to erosion. And because of that, uh, it helped preserve these, these sediments underneath, these gold-bearing sediments. So uh, it's only been in the past few million years that, that the basin has eroded back far enough <clears throat> that we actually can see, get a glimpse of those lower units. You know, if, if we had been here five million years ago, I don't think you, you would have found it. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, as well, some <clears throat> unique attributes here. So the gold nuggets that we're seeing here, and excuse us, there's a number of flies here. For the gold nuggets that you're seeing, there's some unique characteristics. Uh, they're alluvial. Talk to us about that. Yeah, correct. The, the gold that we see currently, uh, <clears throat> and we've you know seen this through open up trenches, is uh, entirely rounded. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely been transported, de definitely been water-worn or, or water-transported. Um, you know, but the source of that gold is still a mystery. Uh, the gold, the composition of the gold, meaning the, the character of the gold and the other trace elements that are in it, does not match anything we see in the basement rock around here. So, so it really uh, makes for a, a big, you know, big question about source. You know, my idea is that there was a precipitation event back in the, the early, uh, early Earth history, so in the Archean period, around 2.7 to 2.9 billion years ago. Um, the chemistry of the gold that we see often matches that kind of a, a type of gold. Uh, but uh, have we put our finger on the exact source? No, you know, we haven't yet, but that's uh, the working hypothesis. And speaking of the working hypothesis, talk to us about what could be a potential relationship that you have with South Africa with the Witchwater Ring. Sure, uh, you know, it's, it's fairly clear that, that the Pilbara Craton, this old piece of crust here in Australia, was indeed once connected to South Africa. Uh, it, it actually formed what would have been the first little continent on Earth, and, and that continent was probably the size of New Zealand. It was a very small landmass. So if you wind back the clock to Archean time, and you were to, to look at Google Earth like a, you know, Google Earth, or <laughs> look at Google Earth, look at Earth like in Google Earth, where you could see, uh, see everything, you'd probably see like 99% ocean and uh, a wee bit of, of island sticking up. That's it. All right, so... All of this activity, everything that we see here in the Pilbara, uh, everything we see in South Africa, is is really that, that first uh, continent building exercise on Earth. The platform in South Africa, obviously, you know, it supported the Witwatersrand Basin, and uh, you know, and, and which is the, the largest single gold field on Earth. And the premise for working over here is to find the other half of it, you know, trying to find the cousin. Now, I want to backtrack here for a second because you brought something to our attention yesterday in reference to the composition of oxygen at, yep. in the air at that time. It's not the same as it was now because, of course, when the, right. the Earth was formed and there was no land. Talk to us about that. Yeah, sure. So uh, today we have lots of oxygen uh, plants. Plants make oxygen through photosynthesis. But the uh, Earth had no or very little uh, life as we know it back in the early Archean, at least not, not a diverse you know, spread of life. So it was about 2.9 billion years ago that, that the first photosynthesis emerged. You know, uh, plants, algae, uh, cyanobacteria, things like that uh, evolved to start producing oxygen. Prior to that, there was none. There would have been gases like carbon dioxide, uh, nitrogen, but also methane and, and hydrogen sulfide and things like that. So very reduced atmosphere. 
in that atmosphere, uh, seawater, for example, can dissolve quite, quite a bit more gold than it does today. So the, the premise I have for uh, you know this, this gold depositional event is that seawater held quite a bit more gold during that time, and it was the emergence of oxygen, this, this photosynthetic life, uh, that, that really triggered the precipitation event. As soon as oxygen started coming into the system, uh, gold spontaneously started precipitating on on that material and uh, you know it's it's a bit of a wild idea but uh, there's pretty good evidence for it in the vits and we hope to see the same evidence here we certainly do switching gears here uh, there's been some some questions regarding bulk sampling assaying talk to us about that sure one of the biggest challenges on the property is that it's a very nuggety system uh, Beaton's Creek which is in the East Pilbara was nuggety you know we, we had nuggets like two or three millimeters quite often but here we're seeing nuggets up to two or three centimeters. Uh, yesterday when we dug up yeah. some of the nuggets, you, you could see them quite quite easily there. Uh, big big things that are several grams uh, each. All right, so to sample that, it's it's complicated. You have to actually collect a large sample. You know, if you think about it, your odds of getting one of those nuggets in any random grab sample out there, like a small rock chip sample, it's very, very small, okay? Uh, to, to adequately sample, you have to collect something big. And what we're finding and what's really key to this uh, property is we have to, to collect those bulk samples either through trenching or large diameter drilling. Uh, trenching, we're finding, is, is revealing a lot of geology and a lot of uh, good material for us. Like we can really get in there and grab material. Mm -hmm. We can see the context of the material in the, in the trench. Uh, so it's going to be a critical part of this, this exercise. All right. Now... Results. People are always focused on results. This is a results-driven industry here. When could we expect to see some results in reference to some of the trenching? The the the, the, the again. Forgive us. We have a number of flies here. Flies are are they're, they're, they're the Australian <laughs> national bird. They certainly are. But when do you expect to get some results out? Uh, as far as more uh, core samples, yeah, sure. when do you expect to get that? Okay, so we we're doing diamond drilling right now. We've uh, actually got. You know, we're getting close to the, the end of that program on the Purdy side, and then we'll step over to Comet Well soon once we get that permitted. Uh, as far as results from that, we are s slicing and sampling that core, but that's not the uh, those are not the results that will drive resource work. The results for resource work will come out of the trenches and uh, large larger diameter drilling. That data is going to take a few weeks to a few months to, to start collecting. Uh, we have started sending samples down to Nagram Laboratory, the, the MET lab that's going to do this work, and uh, they have started putting those through, so I would expect sometime early next year we'll see the first actual hard numbers off the property. That's going to be quite exciting. Now switching gears here, we have some, uh, the shear structure slightly changed here a little bit. We have uh, Kirkland Gold, uh, Kirkland, I'm sorry, <laughs> this fly. <laughs> Talk to us about uh, Kirkland Gold here. Kirkland Lake, yes. Kirkland Lake, I'm sorry, Kirkland Lake, and then Eric Sprott as well. Yes. Uh, Kirkland Lake currently has about 17.5% of the shares on issue. Uh, I've, when uh, Kirkland walked up, I thought, you know, that's pretty bold uh, for them to, to basically put in $56 million on a trench result and, and you know, really just visual indications at that point. That was a bold move, but they, they saw the potential. You know, they had their geologists out here in August, and uh, they were absolutely convinced. You know, I like people like that. I like people who are willing to take bold moves like that, uh, really jump in and support us. So I, I see them as a, a huge plus for Noel. 
Uh, Eric has been a supporter of Noble for many years. He participated in the initial placement back in 2010, but he also uh, has topped up and helped help keep Novo, uh, give, keep Novo's traction really through the whole downturn in the gold cycle. So uh, he's a huge supporter and uh, very very grateful for the many years of support he's provided. A great addition. So again, Kirkland has 17.66, I think, ownership, and the free float is still right at 50%, if I'm not mistaken, on the share structure. Correct. Yep. All right. So we've covered the good. We've covered the bad. What's something that I forgot to ask you today? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, we, uh, we have had a lot of people on site. Uh, my goal of having visitors come, both analysts, financial types, and, and geologists, world, world-class geologists, is to get everybody's uh, view on this project, you know. Uh, it's it's an unusual gold deposit, but having smart people look at it and getting their feedback is absolutely critical. It's also critical for us so that they can go out and tell the story to the market. You know, it's not just Novo talking about gold nuggets and trenches and stuff. It's uh, very smart people who have seen the thing firsthand going out and telling investors and other people what, what they think. You know, due to confidentiality, we can't share who's here at the site visit and who's been here, but I'm aware of some of the names and I've had discussions with them offline across the board there's excitement enthusiasm and uh, they're really looking forward to uh, the future of Nova resources what is the best way to contact you if we want to get more information regarding sure uh, Nova resources you bet so Leo Carabellis is our vice president of IR uh, he's listed as a management on the webpage I encourage people to go to www.novoresources.com uh, find the contact phone number or email for for Leo and we get right back. And I just want to echo that. Uh, Leo Carabellis is easily accessible. He's willing to answer all of your questions regarding uh, Nova Resources. And again, please uh, visit our website as well, which is www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Dr. Quentin Henney of Nova Resources, thank you for joining us today. Thank Proven you, Maurice. And Probable. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.